You're listening to the Blue Box Podcast, and for the next 60 minutes, we're going to be talking about Doctor Who so that you don't have to. Simon. And this is the first of our two Christmas specials, and as such, we are having a Christmas party, but only one person has come. Woohoo! <laughs> and I'm Bill. Hello, Bill. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our Christmas party, man. Seriously, though, we've brought Bill along because Lee spent so much time in that box fiddling around with Stephen Moffat. We thought it would be nice if we had a spare <laughs> member that we could make use of from time to time. <laughs> so we've brought Bill along to be our spare member for when Lee's fiddling with Moffat. So hello, Bill. Hello, Jay. Ironically, Bill, you look like a slim version of me. So that does, <laughs> does kind of work, actually. There is a slim me in you, so you trying to get out. <laughs> not going, I'm not going there that early on. <laughs> I think we've already passed that point. Yeah, a long um, time ago. <clears throat> Bill, we're going to throw you right in at the deep end. We do a thing called On the Spot, where for 60 seconds, somebody has to talk about a subject that I throw in their direction, 60 seconds entirely on their own, without any kind of preemptive warning whatsoever. For the next 60 seconds, I want you to talk about the episode Rose. Rose, the episode Rose. Okay, you didn't tell me you're going to do this. This is a very big <laughs> setup. Episode Rose, I'm hoping, is the very first Rose Tyler episode and the very first Christopher Eccleston episode. Um, yes, after, well, many years of low budget Doctor Who, I remember tuning in on a Saturday night with my wife and daughter to watch this and thoroughly enjoyed it, um, especially his intro as the Doctor. Uh, when he, I can't, his, his line about saying to what he says something to Rose Tyler about I'm the doctor, run for your life. And that sums up the episode. But it was great to see, you know, London locations, you know, all the stuff that you couldn't do in Doctor Who. You know, it wasn't set in a quarry, it was set with real <laughs> buildings and real people. And nice to bring back an old, an old villain like the Nestine. So, yeah. And a lot of people, Chris Ruxton is known for things like Jude the Obscure, very dull, depressing films. He's a great actor, uh, but doing The Doctor for, yeah, is a very light and easy role. And that's your 60 I think seconds. he did well. Thank you. Well, that's He's done very well. well. That was the best one so far. I think it Blimey. is. <laughs> I d- I d- the thing about On The Spot is actually, once you start talking, it's all right. <laughs> no. At least that's what I always <laughs> tell myself, because I never have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Bill. You did, because you. you did about half an hour on your own, didn't you? Yeah, but that wasn't on the main podcast, so probably most of the people listening to this won't even know about that. No, it's on YouTube. Go seek it out. Yeah, JR does 30 minutes of On The Spot, entirely <laughs> unaided on YouTube. It's there. Um, before we get into our subject for the night, we had some, being as this is our Christmas party episode, Ooh. we had some emails, and they're all quite interesting, actually. There's three emails. They're all pretty interesting. 
So I think we should discuss them first, if everybody's okay with that. Okay, here's one. Why is Paul McGann considered canon, whereas Cushing isn't, even though McGann featured in one TV movie and Cushing featured in two films? I suspect... I suspect the person who sent that email was just pulling our legs a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, would you like to explain it? (laughs) Well, nevertheless, okay, the Cushing movies were (laughs) adaptations of the TV series... Whereas the McGann movie was supposed to be a continuation of it. But the McGann movie wasn't even a movie. It was a TV pilot. We only call it the television movie or the TV movie or Doctor Who the movie over here. It's not really a movie at all. And in fact, at the time, a lot of American TV pilots, more particularly in the 80s, but still this ran into the 90s, American TV pilots would get uh, theatrical releases over in Europe. Duel, for example, the Steven Spielberg film that everybody thinks of as Steven Spielberg's first film was actually a television movie that was released in the cinema and Steven Spielberg's actual first film was The Sugarland Express two years later. Never heard of it. You've never heard of Duel? You've never seen Duel? No, Sugarland Express. Oh. oh, Sugarland Express. Oh, yeah, because nobody knows it. No, but Duel, Goldie excellent Hall. film. Dude, Sugarland Express is an excellent film. Though when I first uh, went to watch that film, I was expecting the juggernaut to have big eyes on the front of it. Because I think that was, that was the cover, wasn't it? it? didn't have two eyes on the front of it. So I just what it was a bad Everybody. dream. Everybody. <laughs> no, I think of no, a, a, no, a Stephen... What's the Stephen King one like, with the trucks? Oh, Ooh, I don't know. Oh. Maximum, maximum overdrive. overdrive yeah. no, but there that, was, was, no, there was, that had an ACDC soundtrack. Yeah. That was a terrible There is song. a poster, though, with a truck <laughs> with a face on the truck. I'm sure that's, Are you sure that's not Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a scary looking drug. <laughs> what was that, Thomas? Somebody writing to support me. I, goodness. I, I know what it was, Lee. Somebody got to the poster with a biro before you got there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Anyway, Ashley Thorpe, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> 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 and so forth. Um, look, hi guys, uh, this is, oh, and I'll tell you the name at the end. Hi guys, I am slightly concerned with the sight of Strax, the Sontaran, dressed in a human's clothes. This is apropos of the Christmas special, the forthcoming Christmas special. Will this not leave his probic vent visible? (laughs) Vulnerable and open to comment of indecency, or do you think he has a special fly hole in the collar? Wow. I don't know. about this a lot. That's like a really interesting question because the point of having the probing mm. vent, apart from that being the way of making the Sontarans... It's how you vent your probes, isn't it? It's how you vent your probes, yeah. No, but it's also they have to face their enemy because obviously that's their weak point and they're proud <laughs> of the fact of having that weak point. So if he covers it up with a hood... Ah, yeah, but a he's pansy, playing a good Sontaran, so he doesn't have any enemies, so he doesn't need to have his no probic vent. thing as a good Sontaran. He's What's Strax. We've he, all seen a good man goes to war. Simon hates this idea. <laughs> yeah. All the BBC Simon's production team things. could be listening to this very fod- podcast and suddenly going, the vent, the vent, I knew there was something we were supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> very he, unlikely, I would think. <laughs> also, <laughs> little drain cover thing on the, the back. The email <laughs> continues. Also, is this the first time we see a Sontaran's chin in an episode? Chin? Yep. Did we see his chin? Oh, well, no, normally the chin enough. is right down yeah. on the helmet, isn't Good it? Point. And this will be the first time we've seen a Sontaran without wearing, you know, his helmet and his yeah. uniform. Is he going to be in his uniform underneath that cloak, or is he a bit like... No, because we've seen the pictures. Naked. He's got like a... He's dressed up like um, <laughs> that character in Ghostlight, essentially. 
He looks like the Neanderthal from Ghostlight. Oh, yeah. Nimrod. Does, yeah. Nimrod, that's the one. Yep, he looks like Nimrod. But Maybe yeah. he hasn't got a vent. Maybe he's the Immaculate Suntaran. Hope you can clear up these worries. P.S. says this chap, and that means postscript, I hear. I loved last year's Christmas special. He's obviously had our post- podcast where we were rubbishing it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved last year's Christmas special. The story may not have been deep, but it had pagan wooden people, a Lancaster bomber, a big cyber naughty thingy with Bill Bailey in it, and enough emotion to make me feel warmed over a few too many whiskies, wines and ales. I am also still overexcited that my fave programme is a prime part of Christmas Day viewing, something I would never have even imagined as a child. That's true, isn't it? It's, it's mm. something to love in everything, isn't it? You know, in all we of them, apart kids. from Delta and the Bannerman. Sorry? And <laughs> time flight. Sorry, did I say that outside? Yeah. No. Did not you loud. say that outside? No, you <laughs> did not. Perhaps you should have. <laughs> <laughs> also, isn't it great that you get a big dinner on Christmas Day and then it's quite legitimate to eat a box of chocolates to yourself? Many thanks from the Reverend <laughs> Captain Hullo Porro. Real aye. name? Aye, aye, aye. Captain. Well, you know, obviously that's not his real name. Oh. Obviously, oh. he's just having a bit of a laugh. But, you know, when he sent me the email, the email contact told me what his real name was, which I can reveal it starts with an A and the second word starts with an H. I'm not going to say it. If he didn't want me to say it, I'm not going to tell yeah. the world what his real name was. But thanks for the Anthony email, Head. Andy. Ainsley Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Anthony Head. <laughs> Ainsley Harriet. <laughs> I'd love it if you listen to our podcast. You have no idea who listens to this podcast. No. I'm reliably informed that even Stephen Moffat can hear us from his box in the corner of the room. Oh, well, there you are. And finally, one more email from Rich Parkin. Evening all. Evening. I'm sure you've heard, but if not, rumour is it that the rumour is that there's to be a redesigned TARDIS interior for this uh-huh. year's Christmas special. Naturally, there's not much more than teasing info out there, but there is a little picture that hints at what we might expect on Digital Spy. Actually, that picture's all over the place. All I've seen is Radio Times Today. There was just a little tiny <coughs> banner-sized picture, yeah. black yeah. and white with a few Gallifrey symbols on it. Yeah, that's the one on the um, yeah. official BBC Doctor Who website. If we're looking at well. a slightly kind of monochrome TARDIS, I'm quite excited mm. about that. Yeah, I like it. Don't tell me more, JR. You know anymore. Okay, put your fingers in your ears. <laughs> is, it no, big, is it a big spoiler or hang small on. spoiler regarding the TARDIS? Well, apparently it's black and lit by blue lighting. Oh. Ooh. Like a PlayStation 3. Yeah, this is what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, you know, by the time this podcast goes out, it'll be like 10 days away and you never know. We may have seen it on trailers and whatnot. I mean, Doctor Who's getting darker then. Blue lighting is used to discourage people from... Going in and shooting off the drugs, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So that he's become a boy I may racer. not let my daughter watch this year's episode. <laughs> this is what I've heard. Okay, Lee, you can take your fingers out of your ears now. There's a reason for this. Pink! You wanted to say the reason for this being... I Lee, don't know. You, the reason why they've changed the TARDIS interior. Fictional emotional reason. A fictional emotional reason. Well, you, you do that, don't you? you would ch- when somebody dies or somebody mo- something moves on or you leave somebody or somebody leaves you, you change your life around you to try and make a fresh start. So you re-wallpaper re- the house or you, you know, throw out the cat or whatever. So you make a change. So he's regenerated the inside of his TARDIS. Hmm. And non-fictional production reason, Mark? I think it's down to the fact that they are moving from 
upper boat or whatever they decide to call it to their new custom made shooting facilities elsewhere in Wales at Cardiff Uh, (laughs) can anybody say what the name is I don't know where is it it's Cardiff, well, it's just Cardiff Bay, isn't it? It's a Cardiff Bay. Yeah, with a name. Outside. The place has a name that nobody can pronounce because it's Welsh. There are no vowels in it. Okay. It's oh. called something like Ruthlaw. That sounded a bit Scottish. It did, it. It did a bit. It's it again. More it's Scottish part of Cardiff. Yeah. That was a Yorkshire version of a yeah. Cardiff accent, wasn't it? So I think it worked out cheaper to make a new set than it, it did. It wasn't to... that it was cheaper. It mm. was because the original Matt Smith TARDIS set was built in the old Torchwood hub set, mm. and it was a permanent fixture that was unable to be moved. So oh. it was either build a copy or build a brand new one, and oh. since they have a new production designer, Michael Pickwode, who has done amazing things since the Christmas Carol, they said to Michael Pickwode, okay, knock yourself out, make us a new TARDIS. Hey. Well, why I'm not? looking forward to it. So yeah. I thought they were just amalgamating two BBC programmes and having Nick Knowles from DIY SOS <laughs> meeting Doctor Who and then they could link it all up. <laughs> it all makes sense now. God, that would be brilliant, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the right. MDF all the way. <laughs> or what, the, who are the two old ladies who come to your house and clean up all your crap? Oh, oh the old oh, ladies, yeah. What are they called? Oh, How clean is your house? How clean is your house? Yes, that's what it's called, don't they? Lee, yes. hey, bitch, it's supposed to be Christmas. Hey, Come on. as long as you're wearing a penny, I don't mind. <laughs> oh. Can you do a weird wink, Mark? A weird what? Like, like a woman in that How Clean Is Your House, she does a really weird really? wink. Really? Yeah. I don't watch that. Program. Yes, do that for the podcast. Her, her eyes yeah. Mark. Different Come on, Mark. Do it for the podcast. That does sound good on the podcast, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, Mark. Yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I've done it. Astonishing! Did you know that it was is? amazing. It yeah. was. Yeah, I'm sorry, listeners. You just you're never going to get the benefit of that. It's fantastic. <laughs> but we would like winking. you to draw your own version of what you think it may have looked like <laughs> <laughs> with the flick and book. Send it to us at blueboxpodcast at please don't dot co dot uk. And the subject of tonight's episode will be: I'm holding something up. Would anybody like to describe what I'm holding up? Well, it's it's about four inches. It's got a little five. on it. It's five inches. Five. Yeah, it's got in a your opinion. It's five inches in scale. Got a little coat, a little hat, yeah. and a very a round head. Oh my god! Don't describe what it's wearing. Tell us what it is. No one's going to play your game, Jr. <laughs> I can't think what the official title for them is. Is it the Peg Doll people? It's a toy. It's the word I'm looking figure. for is toy. What am I holding up? It's a toy. (laughs) Because tonight's subject, surprisingly (coughs) enough, is not the peg doll people. It's toys. (laughs) Now, we're all adults. That's not a toy. That is an an action figure. That's not a toy. We don't don't, know. No grown men collect toys. (laughs) This is the trouble, Bill. Here we go. You won't be aware of this, but every Blue Box podcast has a one-word title, so action figures was out the window. (laughs) Yeah. So it had to be toys. Toys. Yeah, but I thought another alternative we could use was albums, but that doesn't really fit the subject matter, so we're going with toys. Toys, yeah. Covering toys and games, then, I'll take it. You can cover games if you want to. Yeah. Okay, uh, to start the ball rolling, Bill, when you were a kid, do you have any toys, games, anything to do with Doctor Who, or just sci-fi in general, anything like that? Um, Doctor Who, I mean, I was growing up sort of in the Pertwee era, so I was about six when Pertwee came out. I remember, I don't know what I had. I remember getting things out of cereal packets oh, to do with John Pertwee cards <laughs> oh, or yes. something, but I can't <clears throat> remember what they were. 
The Weetabix cards, yeah. Were the Weetabix ones? Yeah. I know they had pictures of him and maybe Bessie and things like that. I don't um, know if I did anything with them. Are you getting confused between the cards and the badges? Badges? No, they weren't badges. No, I thought they, they were also cards. gave away badges at some did point. Did they give away badges? Oh, I didn't get badges. No. They had John Pertwee, uh, Katie Manning, yeah. Roger Delgado, Nick Courtney, Bessie, and a unit badge. Series of six oh, badges that they I gave away. I think I have seen those. They've probably been yeah. replicated in magazines. And yeah, John yeah. Pertwee just looks like my nan. Yeah, picture. yeah. I think <laughs> I had those on my cot. But then I've seen your nan, and John Pertwee looks like her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, they look very similar because they're both dead. Which, uh, there we go. They look very similar <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks for that, Lee. This is Happy the Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Mark, toys, games, anything like that? Uh, I don't really remember having any Doctor Who toys. I know my brother, who's a little bit older than me, he had this uh, it's a Tom Baker. Not quite an action figure. It's a bit bigger than that. Not quite a doll, because a boy wouldn't have a doll. That'd be ridiculous. It was a doll. I know what you're talking about. Um, and it, it had was a... the Dennis Fisher Tom Baker doll. <laughs> really? Wow, you, you made that. that. Um, and it had a... His older brother. Oh. And it had a, a TARDIS to go with it, and you mm-hmm. span the little thing on the top, and he would disappear. That's I, right. They have actually reissued this, and I picked one up on eBay a few oh, really? years ago. Yeah. It was some of the classic toys from like the 70s mm. and even the 60s. People have bought the the rights to the license mm-hmm. and they've like reissued them. So I actually got one of those Tom Baker dolls on uh, eBay a couple of years ago. I think I have played with that. So I've either played with it at a mm. friend's house. Or I think my it was brother might very similar it. to us. I dare I say the word Star Trek toy where they had the um, they had transporter that you could put your little action figures in. Did it make a sound? I don't remember it making sound, but then... The K-9 did, didn't it? Did the K-9? I and the Dalek did, didn't probably. it? Probably. What, at the same time? That's the, the Dalek was a talking Dalek. Yeah. There was a Dalek, a K-9, a Tom, and a Leela, yeah. and a TARDIS. And a Cyberman. No, that Wasn't was Wasn't there a different. Cyberman? I think... Or maybe, but I the mm. feeling that was... That we were, I was too old enough to no, remember. The no. Dalek, did it move? So if, if, if you pushed it, there was no technology in those days. No, because <laughs> I received a Dalek from my my next door neighbour, my next door neighbour, Auntie Vi, and her son Roger. Both lived next door, and they used to buy us a Christmas present every year from a catalogue. Right, this was the, this was our life. It was catalogues, and she'd say, "Right, you can pick anything in the catalogue," and and we did. We could pick anything, and she'd buy it for us, which was really kind. And I picked this Dalek, right. And it came through and, you know, they gave it to us. They always gave it to us before Christmas Day so we could open it and they could see. She opened it, batteries in it, all that sort of thing, turned it on and it went, Exterminate! And I just absolutely wet myself and cried. (laughs) (laughs) And they had to put it back in the box and send it back back to the catalogue world because I just wouldn't go near it. (laughs) (laughs) My cat had a similar experience with the (laughs) piggy bank. Don't look at me like that. You must have been scared of a Dalek doing something strange, JR. Oh, you want me to tell my Dalek story again? <laughs> Just in case the listeners haven't heard it. Bill hasn't heard it. Bill hasn't heard it. Go, so on. go on, tell us. <laughs> I had a, again, replica. <clears throat> I had one of the original talking Daleks back in the 70s, but in a house move, that and my Weetabix collection, which, you know, both entire series of cards, plus all the packet bags, house move, all gone, all left behind in a box. So, a few Still years ago... Oh, I am. I am. Things go in house moves. I've never seen my Captain Scarlet hat. Oh. Totally disappeared. 
I still miss it. <laughs> anyway, back to your story. That wasn't my story. <laughs> years later, years later, my parents bought me another talking dialect, which is a replica one from the same license. And uh, next door neighbour had been round one day, and his little girl had been playing with it, and she jammed the button, and the battery was getting low, and the talking dialect used to live on my windowsill in the bedroom. And this was during the winter. And during the night, obviously, you know what happens to metal when it gets cold, right? During the night, obviously, the button, the metal that makes the contact inside, had contracted and made the contact. But because the battery was running down at two o'clock in the morning, instead of having a Dalek screaming exterminate, this talking Dalek suddenly just started screaming. No words, <laughs> no. just screaming. Do in the middle of- I can't do it. <laughs> it's too terrifying. It's yeah. dark. It's just the two o'clock in the morning. I'm woken up to the sound of the talking dialect going, <laughs> on the windowsill. <laughs> and the lights going as well. Oh, I can't. You know, I'm in my head. I think the lights were going, but I'm not sure if it had lights. So it's like a scene from Poltergeist. <laughs> oh, it was very much so. It was very scary. But the other thing that was in that box that got left behind in this house move was the War of the Daleks board game. Oh, what? Does anybody know the War of the Daleks board game? No, describe it. It's got a board, square board. You've got four characters who are the doctor in cardboard that fit into a little plastic peg and move around the board. It's got like a tower thing in the middle. I think it was blue or red. Plastic tower thing in the middle. And the Daleks fit in these grooves in the board. And when you land on a certain thing or throw a certain number on the dice somebody has to turn the tower in the middle and as the tower turns in the middle the undercard underneath the others that's underneath the main board that's in the grooves where the daleks sit moves around with the tower and the daleks move around the board and of course if a dalek stops next to your character on the board you're exterminated you have to go back to the start it was just a board game, but you know, it had this feature Weird. where you turned it and the Daleks moved. <laughs> that, um, I love it, it sounds great. That fairly recent game they did, uh, I know Marks and Spencer's did a version of it, but there was another version as well, which had a little electronic TARDIS in the middle. And it's worth yes. buying the game just for the yeah, little we, TARDIS. Yeah, I think a friend of mine got that, like the yeah. Doctor Electronic game. Yeah, it's called yeah. the Doctor Interactive mm. Game. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. you press the TARDIS. game's a bit rubbish, yeah. but it's worth getting it, just it, for it the TARDIS. Has it got Daleks? Sorry? Has it got Daleks? It's got little plastic moulded ones, isn't it? Little gold Daleks, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's close enough. It's okay. It's okay. We're worth it for the Daleks. Probably better than Battle for the Universe, which is just a load of cards. (laughs) Anybody ever played that? You know? That was was the seventh Doctor here. Well, there is, yeah, there are certain things, you know, if someone's in a coma, you know, you play music and you talk to them. (laughs) But Battle for the Universe is something you play and it puts you into a coma. (laughs) (laughs) I was quite excited to get a thing. Oh, this will be really great fun. And you try and convince people this will be really good. And as you're playing it, you realise how disappointing it is. But you can't break it to anyone you're playing it with because you con them all into playing it with you. (laughs) But it it was one of those games that came out and I couldn't afford it at the time. And I didn't really want to buy it anyway, I don't think, because I was a teenager. I was kind of getting out of the Sylvester McCoy era. But I saw it in the shaft and I thought, what do you really want that and then it didn't it disappeared all right and about two years ago um I, th- I saw it again in a charity shop and i thought do you know what i'll have that so i bought it 199 had a look at it and thought oh, i'll play this with my son he got bored in about three <laughs> seconds so we, and he's a big doctor who fan so it didn't work very well and it was coming up to christmas and my mum and dad 
gone out to a car boot sale and bought exactly the same game. He said, oh. <laughs> you wanted this in the, in the 80s? Have we got it for you? And I've got two now. <laughs> Anybody want one? Uh, Bill, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, I think I've still got one in the cupboard. But the title's great. Battle for the Universe. It sounds, sounds great. so promising, and they put yeah. a lot of thought into the title. Yeah. But not <laughs> <all> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But sadly, not the rest of the game. But still. No, what about this Dalek Uno now and Top Trumps and everything else? The old Top Trumps. You used to love oh. the old Top Trumps, didn't you? Yeah, I was We've a massive fan. About it before, we have, but... really, because there was that wonderful cock-up with the pictures of the Sea yeah. Devils and the Ogrons. Where the I C-Devil... don't remember that card. <laughs> what, the cock-up card? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you got the adult version again, didn't you? And of course, <laughs> those Sea just... Devil costumes were quite revealing, but I never <laughs> saw that. But there really was this randomness to the cards. Annie Oakley and people like that. It's just, yeah. you know, what were they all doing in there? I love those. Was it proper top, top trumps? Proper top well, trumps. It was, old, it, it was really old-fashioned set, so they didn't resemble modern top trumps so very much. No, and they no, were Because I had a Marvel superhero set from the 70s. I still got them. Uh, but yeah, they weren't but, top trumps. They yeah. were. But were, the, I mean, the Doctor Who drawings. Yeah. They, I mean, they live with you, these drawings oh, as a yeah. kid. They're like they're the really, Weetabix cards. Yeah, they're really garish, like really the, uh, badly drawn. Target book covers, that sort of yeah, great so, pictures. With the top charms, can you explain to me what I've not known much about technology? Although we, ha- we do have a Wii, uh, a Wii console we play at home. When you uh, say I, you don't know much about no, technology, I, and you're no, asking no. about top charms. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I know where he's going with it. You, you and you're yourself. asking JR. Look, I, I have seen I've, not, I've never played it, but I saw, I think it was David Tennant on the cover. It was... Doctor Who top trumps yeah. on a Wii game. Yeah. So, so can oh, anyone yeah. explain yeah. how different and brilliant it is well, compared to just turning a card over? Isn't it like um, it isn't it like um, Pokemon on those sorts of things? Because they're kind of like trading card games, aren't they? And they play those on. But it's on the computer console. Does oh, it yeah. just save holding the card in your hand? I, I saw that, and it was twenty nine quid or whatever it was when it first yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, very thought, expensive. Why would I want to buy an electronic card game? Yes, mm. the cards themselves are three ninety nine, and you get all these bits of card. Yeah, um, I used to have Snap game, on the Spectrum. Snap on the Spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> that must have had you riveted yeah. for hours. <laughs> but you can play card games on computers, and that's fine if it's on your own. But if you're playing something like Top Trumps, where you want to beat somebody with your score, you've got the Sort-of screen in front of you. Know, Hopefully, yeah. maybe someone who listens will be explain. Yeah, but I talk just on. on the subject of Wii. They did release... Just on um, the subject of a Wii. They, they just, <laughs> it's not time to go again, is it? They are. Come up with the times, my love. Come up with the times. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, oh, no. This might be our Christmas special, but Matt this Smith. episode's just a little bit too special. Matt, <laughs> Matt Smith, uh, Wii game. Matt Smith's yeah. Wii game? <laughs> it's just a little game that Matt uh, Smith likes to play. People can't get it, Has anybody yeah. played it? Because we've got it at home. I can't remember what it's called, I'm afraid. But it's, it's Rise of the Cybermen, it's the Wii one, isn't it? No, 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 no. That's um, the non Rise thing. Of the That's uh, no, game. It's, it's him and Amy. Yeah, no, no, it's just not very good. Escape to Earth? No. Yeah, they have remember. not yet designed a computer game that really reflects the no, brilliance of Doctor Who. Matt Smith one, and I put it on for Naomi. And she couldn't get through the very first, first thing. Level, and then she just gave up on yeah, it. And didn't yeah. I think they said the graphics were very poor on it compared to a lot of computer games on the market. They said they were further mediocre. They're always, they're always it, half-baked, aren't they? They're it always, is. They're not really getting the, the idea, the nub of what Doctor Who's all the about. The nearest they got to a decent one were the, um, the free B, uh, BBC ones that you could download to your PC. They weren't bad. The online games are actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they were the Plotters right. and things like that, yeah. Mm. And that, that video game, Dreamland, that was pretty awful as well, wasn't it? Oh, get off the subject of Simon's Dreamland. on his hobby horse again. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. It was uh, like but a bad video Actually, game. worse than that was Destiny the Doctors. Did you ever have that? No. I'm aware no, of it. No, I didn't have a BBC computer. Was it? No, no, <laughs> was that on the... It wasn't BBC. It was, oh, uh, it was there, a PC. There was, there was a BBC Doctor Who game, though, was as well, wasn't there? Yeah. BBC Micro? Yeah. Yeah, it was BBC computer only. I think it was, it was like, like three blocks fighting. Three it was blocks. Doctor Who in name only. I think it was a really poor Space Invaders type thing or something. Wow! Like that. Just with the name put on it. I think it's so. Like it's market, probably worth a fortune. Early days of the BBC yeah. Micro. I seem to remember someone saying that the one that Lee was talking about were some of Anthony Ainley's best moments as a master. <laughs> that was the only good thing about that that CD-ROM. It's terrible. The Anthony Ainley bits. Yeah, yeah, they were the best bits because he he filmed them, you know, for that. CD ROM, yeah. so he came out of time, I suppose, and did did all this. And apparently, he's really stuff, and he was great. He was really good, but the game was just appalling. That's one of those things that Ian Levine's taken and put together as a story, <laughs> which got to be better than the game, then by the sound of well, it. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's another one of those time Scooby type things. Yeah, um, character options. But before we get there, Dapple. Anybody get any of the Dapple? Oh, no, I, I, yes, I got a K nine. When they came out, because I just thought I'd always wanted a canine toy. Was it the grey one or the green one? I think it was grey. I didn't have right. any issues with it. The only thing I had an issue was it didn't have a tartan collar. And I was at art college at the time, <laughs> so I literally painted in acrylic paint a tartan collar. You <laughs> sad. And then two years later, <laughs> I, was, I was working in an office, and there was an absolute bitch of a girl, <laughs> and I'm convinced that she nicked it oh. for somebody's kid What's or something like that no. from my. Sorry? What's her name? Name is Shame, Simon. This is starting to sound like a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) She probably thought it was highly collectible for eBay or something. Think this one's got a tartan collar. None of the others have got it. I'm going to take it. You know, painting that tartan collar on probably changed its value from about six or seven quid to about three or four. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the the Dapol figures, remind me. What? what, This was 1988. Ah, right. I bought or maybe eighty nine. Actually, I picked up a Time Lord from from the car boot the other day. Yeah, and they are truly, truly awful. Well, this was the oh, thing. Not bad, are they? I was yeah. about twenty twenty one at the time, and not having had Doctor Who toys when I was a kid, because somehow those Dennis Fisher ones had completely passed me by. Not that you know the Dennis <laughs> Fisher ones. There was about three characters anyway, so it wasn't as if there was a lot you could do with them. So when the Dapple ones first came out, I. Went out and bought a couple of Daleks and a K9. And the Daleks were not exactly screen realistic. They made the old, <laughs> they made the old, you know, talking Daleks from 15 years earlier look magnificent by comparison. That yeah. was a real backward step. And the K9 was green. And I couldn't. <laughs> And Not I just really? uh, and, I, and the next one uh, that came out was Davros with two hands. <laughs> so that I was just before the accident. <laughs> Well, I just gave up. I just thought, no, I am not giving my money over to these people. With They're just preempting Big Finish. Well, rubbish Daleks. The, fir- the first range was, it was quite literally a Sylvester McCoy started, wasn't it? So, ah, so it was, maybe, yeah. there was a Tetrap, wasn't there? There, there was a Tetrap. Mm-hmm. I remember this now because I bought a Melanie, Melanie Bush, right? Because she was the only one left in, <laughs> she was the only one left in Toy Master or whatever the shop was. Hey. That's it. Oh my God, is that the same one? Yeah, he's JR's just, he's just, just fished the Melanie Bush yeah. out of his bag. I brought that along because I knew you were going to talk about it. JR's just pulled the bush from the bag. Um, and there she, she looks Lee, quite, stop um, fingering it. Actually, she looks quite nice. Yeah. Um, that's the only one they sold, you know that. That's a hole. Just a, a screw in her back <laughs> to hold her together. That's really rubbish, isn't it? But anyway, I bought that. I'm sure she had a stripy top on, like... 
I think there were several different okay, variations. Okay, well, I had the stripy-topped one, right? Bought it, because it was the only one left in the shop. I felt like I was, I was having a bit of Doctor Who kick. Bought it. I was looking at it for ages. Thinking, Why did I buy that? What am I ever going to use it for? I'm like 18. What am I going to do mm. with that? I ended up going to Southampton, leaving my home in Bournemouth and Port, and it turned up in the bed sit. It just kind of tumbled out. And I was like, oh, smelling bush. But and I, then, uh, yeah. we moved again, and that was it. I lost her completely. So I left her in the bed sit, sitting on the... Well, like I say, I stopped on the <laughs> Dapple after those two Daleks and the green canine, which, if it weren't for the fact that his tail's broken off, would actually be worth a bit of money now because uh-huh. they reissued it in grey once they realised how stupid they were <laughs> putting out a green canine. <laughs> Didn't stop them from putting out a two-handed Davros <laughs> and a five-sided console playset. <laughs> I like the way, when you say two-handed Davros, you do, do the Thunderbird puppet <laughs> movement, which works really well on audio. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, this Mel, I actually, even though I didn't collect the Dapple, I actually went on eBay and picked up a Mel a few months ago just for the sheer perversity of having (laughs) a Dapple Mel all by itself. It's probably my one. (laughs) It might be. Not stripey enough. No, it's true. It is a stripey. Yeah, I thought I'd heard about the um, this five-sided console, but I thought it was just like somebody's idea of a joke. But it's true. Oh dear. They actually, you know, went to the expense of several thousand pounds tooling up a playset that actually had the TARDIS with only five sides on the console. You know, and Duh. they made, when a two-handed Davros and a green canine. <laughs> did these people not actually have any access to the television series whatsoever? Really not. It's like, oh, I know, we'll make the toys for Doctor Who. <laughs> Still working which country that's from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have seen this Doctor Who? No, but the English, they will love it. <laughs> Spanish? <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be the low countries. Uh, oh, I say the low countries, and everybody goes, oh. <laughs> Somewhere in space, there's, there's a Time Lord a... twiddling his thumbs because. There's one side of the TARDIS that doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Six of them all piled into the TARDIS, and there's one that got there at the end, sort of going, I came on this trip, I've got nothing to do. What do you call a Time Lord waiter? The Morsa? Okay, I need to have full on death ears. God! (laughs) Where's that tumbleweed? Get the tumbleweed tumbleweed (laughs) 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 See, the thing, though... About it was, these toys came out as the TV series was dying. And with all the weight of all the toys that had been around in the 60s and 70s, they still cocked it up royally. The thing is that it did mirror how... I was feeling about the series at the time. They didn't care anymore. No, exactly. Mm. No, these days they would check everything. They would go over things. We'll see what it was like before it even gets out, you know, for Mm. release. Yeah, I'd mind if I had the money to go on eBay and just, like, buy a complete set of the Dapple stuff just for the kitsch value. Mm. But some of them are quite expensive now. Not this Mel. She cost me about two or three quid. But but I think each of the model makers have got their own sniper. Just in case we get it wrong. <laughs> They're all fans. <clears throat> but then, like Bill was just saying, then, you know, new series comes out and along come character options mm. and it couldn't be more different. Mm. Mm. I mean, these toys, the character options doing, same price as Dapple were charging back in the 80s. So pound for a penny, they're cheaper. Mm. And yet they're astonishing, really, aren't they? Well, I'm looking at what you've got on the table. I've got the Melka. I just brought a handful of I've never seen them. the Melka before. That looks absolutely brilliant. And the crinoid is fantastic. Mm. It just mm. looks like me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why is... That's a bit harsh. Yeah. Well, no, it's not far off. And the... Uh, what have you just opened there? Davros and his little... Yes, but if you do outfit. put the Davros... I'm not talking about 
quality control here, but if you put the lid back down on the Davros, and from yeah. this angle I'm seeing out, that is zippy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, sorry, but that is that is zippy. I wish, I wish this was a visual broadcast. But I've got his eyes and yeah. his mouth, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that episode again Zippy's now. Head on well, I don't think we blame character options for that so much as we blame the people who designed the, way- the TV series <laughs> in 1988. The way the lid opens on that is far more convincing than the actual thing in the series, wasn't it? Mm. It was just awful. I don't know how he did it. Was there, was there an extra behind putting it? Because it looked like it was the rehearsal. Didn't yeah, it did. They? It did. And they didn't have time to read. Plus, it was 10 o'clock and they didn't have time to... I'll tell you what it looks like as well. Do you remember those... Um, there were air fresheners. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Air fresheners. Mum on deodorant. Yes. That's what it looks like. It looks like a deodorant. Yeah. 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 Let's <laughs> give it a try. Sorry, podcast listeners. Podcast. Podcast, podcast listeners. Podcast. This will be very... Uh, yeah, this won't be oral comedy. <laughs> <laughs> But believe me, these guys are going to enjoy it. Oh my god, the hair! (laughs) Wow. Oh, I tell you what, that makes me feel quite fresh. Don't know how it smells. (laughs) Smells like Davros underneath your arms. But character options. Do any of us buy the toys? I did. I I did go a bit mental on them, and I've actually stopped buying them now. Just yeah, we can tell they're everywhere in this room. Really, I've got the um, the Eleven Doctor sets. That is a cool set. It's gorgeous. It's never been out of the box. I think as a kid, sad, I was. That is sad. I didn't really have any Doctor Who toys, so a lot of them had like all the Star Wars figures. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. And obviously, when these started coming out, you start to think, "Oh yeah, that's what I would have loved when I was a kid." This yeah, is Star that Wars figures for Doctor Who. Aren't they? I've got yeah, to say, yeah. actually, you remember? You, you remember? No, no, say it properly. You remember buying the Star Wars figures, right? Mm. If you go and. and grab them out they're actually really good quality they've lasted mm. 30 years mm. and they, mm. they're not bad they're quite good likenesses and they're yeah. really you know they're really flexible whatever are they and three and a half inch scale yeah I yeah yeah because obviously they seem much bigger when i was they were bigger and they were cheaper because <laughs> it was 1981 but um <laughs> the new star wars figures have been re-released by yeah. Kenner. they're terrible i mean mm. qui-gon jinn's head is like shrunken head yeah. on a big mm. body and it, mm. it's just terrible terrible and then you look at character options they are fantastic. I'm they looking around really now. Good. They're absolutely brilliant. They're Sadly, though, the character rich- options are going the way of Kenner. Cheaper plastic, and oh, they're really? revising to the three and a half inch scale after oh, Christmas. Shame. They've Big just shame. released their last five inch toys. No. Yeah. Oh. That's kind of one of the things I want to bring up in this podcast. Because character options the good and the bad because that character options is the big thing in doctor who toy world at the mm, moment mm, yeah. and there's an upside and there's a downside the sculpts are amazing some of the toys look unbelievably good particularly considering the prices they are just toys but you put them on your shelves and you get away with having them as you know ornaments mm. they're as good as something you'd pay 50 or 60 quid for really yeah, no, you do wrong. end up spending that in Forbidden Planet, don't you? Yeah, you're not, you're <laughs> you not, you're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, when you go into, say, Forbidden Planet, you can buy the thing. We can buy, uh, you know, some some other horror, Clive Barker Pinhead or whatever. Same kind of thing. You'll be paying about 30 or 40 quid for it on a slight, on a little wooden stand saying Pinhead at the bottom. Mm. These mm. guys, I mean, they look exactly the same. Yeah, but you do end up spending that on these special sets that they these ones that are only available at Forbidden Planet. True, right. but there are reasons which I was going to go into. Plus, if you buy a is set it limited, like that, you limited get run for, or something? It's not so much there's a limited run. It is a limited run, but only because they're only going to sell limited quantities. They make the run according to what they're... Yeah. Well, if they let is. other people sell them other than Forbidden Planet, then they'd probably sell more of them. They do in the end. But the trouble is, it's not Forbidden Planet 
and it's not character options. It's not character options decision, right? Mm. Character options started making toys for the new series, okay? Your Christopher Eccleston's, your David Tennant's, and, you know, your monsters and companions. And dipped their toes in the water of doing classic series toys, which failed miserably. Really? Yeah. Shame. So, yeah, yeah, no. Zygon was good. I'm not saying they weren't good. (laughs) I'm saying they were remained it. What a shame. So, character options had put the idea of there being a classic series range of these toys out into the world. The first set they did with uh, four Doctors in it, three Doctors in it, I think it was the fourth, fifth and sixth, Mm. and five different monsters, did well enough, reasonably well, that they tried a second series, which had the Morbius monster and some other things, bits and pieces. So they tried all these things, but the classic series collection just did not take off in the same way as the new series ones. Which is not really a surprise. No, no. It could be the age of the buyers now as well. That yeah. parents are buying it for younger children or, or teenagers, perhaps buying them as well, and they're more, you know, recognisable to most recent actors playing the Doctor. Exactly. And something that's older, they might they might have seen that episode, or their their parents may have it and they may have watched it once, but it hasn't got a memory for them. No, quite. True. I mean, it's like your David Tennant toy will sell to a collector and to a kid. And, you know, your collectors will make up about 10% of that market mm. and your kids will make up 90% of that market. If you then release a range that's going to only appeal to 10% of the kids, your sales figures have come down to yeah. 18% mm. of what they were. What is it? 10% of a kid is hand? His <laughs> <laughs> nose? His eyes? On, on, on character but you know options. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the story goes on. Underground Toys, which is an American company in conjunction with Forbidden Planet contracted character options to make toys for that company so these are not character options toys they're made by character options but they're licensed by underground toys and distributed by forbidden planet which is why they're exclusive to forbidden planet right and when they get remaindered stock they sell it on to other shops so you can buy some of their older stock in other shops yeah. that's why they're slightly more expensive mm. because they're selling to a market that's just you know a fraction of the size of the market that character options are looking at mm. i still love mm. the bin planet um mm. on just character options right genius fantastic models but didn't they do the cassandra did they do the cassandra? <laughs> now, they, now they did a lot of cassandras. A different area two cassandras they did two cassandras okay and they did the the fleshy one which is yeah. fine because that's that's what you want <laughs> is the fleshy one and then they sold the, the, frame. One, the frame without anything in it yeah. <laughs> when she exploded for about yeah. seven quid yeah. or six quid or whatever. My son wanted that so hard and I was going, I'm not spending six notes on that little piece of Did plastic. Did you not buy it for two quid in Woolworths just before they went under? I still couldn't buy it for two quid, <laughs> but we ended up with two anyway. I there, is a story, <laughs> yeah. there is a story behind this as well. Go on. <laughs> Woolworths <laughs> were when character options were doing these toys Woolworths were one of the main outlets for yeah. them and Woolworths being Woolworths uh, were making some bad financial decisions at the end and one of the bad financial decisions they made was they looked at what character options were doing and said we'd like a range of Doctor Who toys that are exclusive to us but Woolworths were only prepared to pay 
a certain amount for these toys. You know, <laughs> underground toys. <laughs> so they got the frame. <laughs> they bought oh, no. the job block. So they got, they got the monster <laughs> for midnight, which is <laughs> just an empty packet. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. No, the point is, underground toys, when they license <laughs> a classic series set with like four Daleks in it or whatever, they pay thousands to have those toys made up. Make it sound like Woolworths. <laughs> Woolworths, on the other hand, were only prepared to pay a pittance. Mm. So what Woolworths bought the rights to were variants, inexpensive variants of toys that already existed. They got the Gelf zombie that was made with a um, fluorescent paint so that it glowed in the dark. They got Toby Zed. Do you remember the character from the Satan Pit with all the markings on his face? Yeah, yeah. They got character options to make them a Toby Zed with no markings on his face. Oh, I've got him, yeah, Mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I never saw that one. And they got off. Cassandra. They got them to make a Cassandra with no Cassandra in it. So that's where the Cassandra comes from. And this is why. It's because Woolworths wanted their own exclusive range, but were too cheapskate to actually pay for it. <laughs> They've done this before with something else I've got in the loft, which was a video of the five doctors in a blue box with a tiny little Wolikin blue Dalek. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. They licensed that um, years and years and years ago. And you could only get it in Woolworths. And yeah. I could never understand... Why you couldn't buy it anywhere else? Obviously, that's the reason. And we're yeah. all suckers for it. I, mean, I've, I always get the, the special boxes from Amazon. You know, the the DVD collection, you know, the Sideman face on it. The, one, the, the type that don't fit in your shelf. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it sticks out and yeah. looks stupid, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I hadn't got that now. I got the, yeah, I got the silence one and I just yeah. had to take the slipcase off and chuck it in a drawer. Yeah. But at least they got proper sleeves. They got something different. Yeah, at least yep. you know oh, some, the, the series one one where it's actually the TARDIS was lovely. Mm. The, it's the DVDs that, that issue good. a DVD, and it's got a cardboard sleeve, and the sleeve inside yeah. is the same. So yeah. you take off the cardboard sleeve, and underneath, it's the same. So you think, why do they put a cardboard sleeve on this DVD? At least with some of the Who stuff, they thought, well, this will be yeah. different to what's underneath. Yeah, it's, at least it's, you quite, hope. it's quite fun, is it? But the Silence one was was quite an impressive looking set. I thought it was horrible. But I love the way you say you threw it into a drawer. Do you remember where it is? No. <laughs> I know it's in, no sorry yes I do <laughs> I do remember where it is actually thinking about it it's a bit, it's it a bit like I've still got the slip cases from you know when they did that range you, you said they got a special name the O-ring the O-ring sets, yeah. yeah where I bought all, all the cheap DVDs DVD so I've hidden all, all the O-ring. sleeves so people don't think I bought them so when they're in the budget range <laughs> I've been a bit of an idiot what's the O-ring they released a mid price range set of classic Doctor Who stories when the new series came out to try and appeal to new series viewers and they put them in cardboard slip cases and they did a new design on the front which had a big O or it was a big circle on the front and people called it because it looked like an O they called it the O-Ring series okay and so somehow that's name stuck. I'm sh- I think that's where the name came. I thought it was like a really technical name, so I asked and somebody told me that <laughs> I think was Lee it. was yeah. probably thinking of another specialist shop exclusive. Oh. <laughs> <Mark>. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. It's written all over his face. <laughs> what? It's not the sort of DVDs he's talking about. No. <laughs> but a little glimpse inside Lee's head, and all you can hear is O ring, O ring, O ring. <laughs> What about these micro figures on here? Well, I was going to say, that goes back to when I was a Star Wars fan, back when I was seven years old and whatever. The one thing you always wanted was Star Wars Lego. And then they waited until I was too old for Lego to actually start doing it. So the moment those came out, it was... Yeah, but the the Doctor Who Lego isn't Lego, is it? It's something else? It's it's, it's compatible, though. It's Lego compatible. It's called character building. 
That's you're not allowed to use the name Lego, obviously. No. But the thing is, the patent on the actual design has now run out, so Lego can only copyright the name now, I Do guess. You know, a Doctor yeah. Who Lego uh, game would be great for the Xbox or whatever, because mm. we've been playing Lego Stoles and Legos, the Lego Lord of the Rings. So it just goes on and on. It's great fun. Me and my boy just play it constantly. It's brilliant. Brilliant game. Yeah, really my addictive. wife and my daughter, they play a lot of the Batman, the yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones. Really and good. even though my daughter may not have seen all the franchises that Lego is based, they absolutely love playing with it. But with uh, The humour is of... good as well, isn't it? It's the what's quite tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? A lot of the Star Wars stuff is quite tongue-in-cheek. Oh, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of fun yeah. in it. But they're, they're huge universes, huge. You could just go, you know, The Lord of the Rings is all three films on this one game and you know hours of play and there's plenty of levels to unlock from yeah. what so I've played and I've seen them doing it and exactly. it goes on and on it goes on and on so you could have absolutely every single Doctor in an adventure well I suppose it would be fantastic. if you're basing yeah. it on Lego there's probably a lot less I don't know what the technical terms are there's probably a lot less pixels involved in animating <laughs> yeah. the design <laughs> probably yeah which means you can get more information in your game mm. for the bit rate so what's, what about this? Has anyone tried that Worlds in Time game? What's the Worlds in Time game? Is that the DS one? No, no, there was an online game, wasn't there? So was they launched online, oh, yeah, on the BBC sort of website. Uh, role-playing game, yeah. It didn't really appeal to me. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, it looked kind of similar. It's the same sort of cartoony look. You might have to and... leave that one because I don't think any of us have touched that one. No, yet. no. You made that one up, didn't you? <laughs> 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 I, I know the one you mean. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the Doctor Who Lego, that is uh, character options. I love what they do. I can excuse things like the Cassandra that's got no Cassandra in it because I know the reason why it came into being. And, you know, I can forgive that. I can forgive the fact that the collector sets are more expensive because I know the reasons why they are. And I think we're lucky to have them. And if that's the price they are, I still think it's pretty cheap compared to what it could be. The one thing I won't forgive is in the Lego sets. They do these waves of the Lego figures, 10 at a time, but they actually produce 15 figures. And what they do is they will produce thousands and thousands of the Doctor, thousands and thousands of the Dalek, and there will be five figures of which there are only 100 in the world. Now, these turned up on eBay when these sets came out. You don't even know about this. No, no these, these, I didn't know these, these minimal ones, that. Sorry, these are little ones in packets that you yeah. buy and then open. Yeah. And it's like only a hundred. You don't know what's going to come inside. It is going to be. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they. You know, you shop buys a box which has probably something in the region of you no know, forty or something oh, like that. that. Okay. It's only about forty, and there's ten different designs. Right, there's not four of each. There are five of the common ones down to one of the least common ones. What I'm talking about here is on eBay. If you go on eBay when a new series, Series 3 of the Doctor Who, has just come out, the people who are selling on eBay open the boxes. They know which ones, you know, have the different percentages. So you'll buy some for two ninety nine, some for one ninety nine, some for up to maybe 5 or six ninety nine, because they're the ones that there's only one of in each box. And then there are these five figures. I think, actually, they change the numbers. So one of these five figures is in 100, One's in 200 and one's in like 400. But this is worldwide. And these figures, uh, one of them is the doctor in his football kit. <laughs> within weeks oh, well. of, within weeks, <laughs> yeah, but within weeks of these character building Doctor Who Lego coming out, Doctor Who in his football kit was selling for 200 pounds on eBay. 
200 pounds. And they were selling. For a tiny bit of yeah. plastic wow. Lego. Because... Let's, we need to go to the car It's the collector gene, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they make this series of 15 figures, and you are going to want all 15 yeah, figures. Yeah, that's true. And so if, you're if you've got the money to spend... Yeah. Yep. Do they clearly state how many of each are available? Will they actually say, you know, the production company says well, this, this is, is the thing? Or, yes. or is it all guesswork? <coughs> is there a clear thing that says no, there no, are no. only 100 these or 200? Absolutely, it says there's a website which has the figures on and also in the packets. There's, a, there's something else in the packets as well, I think. So yeah, little yeah. notes then. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no, the, the numbers of all the figures. Yeah, because you want one. Someone well say this is to a hundred, and someone says, "Well, actually, there's two thousand of them around." Yeah. No, 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 no. There's. Mm-hmm. It's very definite. It's very well advertised. What's going on? So that pisses me off no end. You know, if it was that there were fifteen figures and some of them were pretty rare, that yeah. would be okay with me. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. But to release a figure like the Doctor in his football kit. Mm. That you know you have want. you not got that one? The yeah. kids want. Mm. No, I haven't got. That. No, I saw a picture of um, Eric Seward with it in his hand, smiling. It's on the <laughs> net somewhere. <laughs> Is there an Adric? <laughs> Is there an Adric figure? Jay, I was about to leave the room then. <laughs> so, what are the other ones then? Any other? Any other interesting ones? Uh, yeah, Amy in a pirate outfit with a cutlass. Cool, right? Again, limited to like maybe two hundred. That one, I don't know. Again, these all. Well, they've done twice now, and a third set's about to come out, or has just come out. So there are now 15 of these figures that do not sell for less than about £120 on eBay. Uh, do you think that there's a bit of a change in the way that toys are being issued then? Uh, do you think we've been oversaturated? The market's been just like, well, you know, there's just been too much Doctor Who going on the last few years, because they just want to cash in as quick as possible because they're not sure how long it's going to go on for. I think it's more. To do, it's not so much cashing in because they don't know how much longer it's going to go on for because the market's been saturated. Because if you come up with a good product, people will always want it. Mm. It's because of the recession. All right. It's because character Boom. options know that if they issue a figure of which there is only 100 in the world, these uh, boxes with the 40 different figures yeah, in, right? Yeah, yeah. You can buy them by going to Sainsbury's and buying each figure for one ninety nine, and it will cost you £80 minus, you know, 40 pennies to buy the box. Or you can buy it at trade, and there are places which will sell these things at trade, and you can buy a box for maybe 30 or 40 quid. And character options know that there are people who will go out and buy three boxes in the hope of picking up one of these ultra-rare toys and you know, yeah. the ones... <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> that's what all those boxes are in the back of your car. Willy Wonka. <laughs> it's not Willy Wonka, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it They're is. all taking the Mickey, but I am not that sad. I'm really not. But you know what I'm saying? There are people yeah. who will. They'll buy three well, boxes of this toys is, this and is, flog the ones they don't want on eBay. This is the same thing. Children, it's the same thing with it. the cards, the Monster Invasion cards. They're essentially a game card. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you've had all those different... Actually, they were fantastic to collect and you were very kind. You sent me all your extras and my, my boy loved those. So, But that was, that got him into really collecting them, which means we had yeah, to go out did. and actually go and buy them at full price. You know, you can actually get the really rare ones fairly cheap now on eBay because the series has stopped. Are there, are there misprints rare? Because there are things like he's got a rose with no back to it and stuff like that. They're just really... You mean like stamps? Yeah. I don't like know. The misprints are, and I've not that. heard anything about that. Yeah. I don't keep on top of these things. I like the character options toys, so I try and keep an eye on what's going on with them. We need to eat for Christmas, I was just thinking maybe if ourselves <laughs> without knowing. 
<laughs> I mean, they're good. They're good to collect. The only thing I find sometimes is that you get people who aren't collectors or even say fans yeah. of a series like Doctor Who, mm. and they buy them deliberately. To keep, I know in this case it's difficult in this particular case because you can't tell what's in the packet. But some people buy things, hedging their bets, keep it, and then resell yeah. it either sooner or a few years' time to make a profit, having no interest in the series. I'd much rather that someone buys it for their children and there's a six-year-old playing with Matt Smith in his football mm. outfit yeah, than yeah. somebody mm. deliberately going, yeah. "Well, I'll buy this and mm. I'll see how much can I get for it to to just make a profit." Which I, I tell you what, the sad. great thing is about those cards that came out though in the playground because at that point my boy was young enough for me to go into the playground and you know and kind of collect him from school and all his mates were in the corner huddling around trading cards yeah, with yeah. each other. And well, Finn like was like the ma- he was not the mafia, but do you know what I mean? He was like in charge of the entire <laughs> because he had so many from JI. He had like a wad of these things, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, I'll trade you two novice Hames for uh, for that exploded Cassandra." And it was he was just uh, such a wheeler. Yeah, it's funny. Novice you say that. I'll um, take the novice <laughs> Now my daughter started playing. I, I picked up a few figures from the car boot. I pick up most of the, the figures I've got from the car boot. And I've no issue with the fact they're not in the packet anymore and they've been played with. Yeah. And you've got these kids who've obviously moved on from it and what have you, but, you know, I've got an issue because I pick them up at 50p a time. And then I've got some doubles and what have you and my daughter started playing with them and it's it's just a fantastic thing. If that's how she gets into Doctor Who, if that's how she starts to learn the characters, well, I'm then so be it. obviously <laughs> more of a collector, inverted commas, mm. but one thing I do not do, and I've proved it tonight by bringing a load along, I take them all out of the packets. Yeah. I'm not somebody who has the mint on card. I do not see the point. I'd rather have them on a shelf, maybe, collecting <laughs> dust, not mm. getting played with per se, but I'd rather have them out, at least yeah. fulfilling part of their function. I mean, I'm in agreement there. They've got to be out. They've got to be played with. But I'm not necessarily berating anybody who doesn't want to take them out of the packs because I understand that if you're an obsessive collector, Doctor Who fans, we all are, there are things that, you know, you just think, ooh, do I take it out of the packet? Do I keep it in there? Is it worth money? Do I hang it on the wall? Do I frame it? You know, there are the odd things. <laughs> yeah, there are some might, things that are there will be things in your collection. presentation pieces and you've got yeah. the added value of keeping the package. Some of the packaging yeah. is attractive. I yeah. do yeah. tend like to that. keep an example of the packaging. Say, for instance, there's a wave of eight figures and they all come in the same packaging. I'll throw seven away and keep one in a box in the attic. Mm-hmm. So I've got mm-hmm. an example of the packaging. Because uh, the 11 Doctor's set, like both of those I've got. The, the <clears throat> character building and the full size I've got still in their boxes because it's a lovely looking box and it it's a really nice. nice presentation piece but I think yeah. they, some of the I don't know how that one's designed but I like I like it so that they could design them so you can easily take them out of the packaging and put them back put in. the packaging back together without tearing ripping or anything so people have got the option to say well mm. that figure actually moves its arms moves its head or whatever but put it back in and it still looks in in mint yeah, condition and, and, and I'm in fear of losing the screwdrivers because they've all got their little Anyway, yes. Has so, Paul McCann's got a screwdriver, isn't he, in there? Has he? Um, he has now. He has, yeah. He has, yeah. In, I, in Dark Eyes, the big Finnish audio, he's got uh, got a Sonic, which is quite cool. It's a bit of a steampunk-looking Sonic as well. It's nice. Yeah. Made That's by the wetter Weta. one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there he is. Stereo is good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking about Sonics, actually, that was another thing that was released, flooded mm. onto the market, all these different types. But there was there were two that were issued that were actually fantastic, and it was the Master's Sonic and then the um, uh, Doctor's Equivalent, where you could press it and it would make this fantastic shrilling noise. 
Uh, no, nobody's got that. Is that the, Matt yeah. Smith, the Matt Well, the Masters one, one didn't, didn't they have no, like no, a it was the 10th Doctor. secret pen oh, right. built into no. it or something? No. Didn't they have a pen yeah, that came out the end? a little light thing yeah. as well, I think, yeah. yeah. Oh, but they, were they were great. John really well. Pertwee one. You haven't. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, again, I think it was probably UT, character options, oh, whatever. <laughs> Forbidden Planet. You can get a John Pertwee Sonic. Takes Ooh. batteries, works, makes a John Pertwee noise. Does it? No, actually makes Does a John Pertwee noise, actually. When you say it makes a John Perch, yeah, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like John as you squeeze it. Come Actually, no. Can't tell it. Yeah. Actually, I think it makes a Tom Bacon noise because they just made the one sound chip and they made. I think they were going to do a range, but they probably stopped because they weren't selling so well. <laughs> oh, sod off, Lala. <laughs> Okay, I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the weirdest toy that that we all own? You, well, you're going to say I've the got, Cassandra. <laughs> with no Cassandra. <laughs> in it. I've got an even. Str- well, it's not that weird, but it's yeah, quite it's strange, related to Doctor Who. Or- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's not related to Doctor Who. <laughs> no, I'm, I I bought this thing for for my my boy, and it was um, it was a fantastic huge model of Christopher Eccleston and a Slitheine. Oh, I've got those. Oh, the you got it? Yeah. Walkie yeah, talkies. Yeah. As well, yeah. And you, you put the Slitheen up to your ear, talk into <laughs> his belly. Nice. But, yeah. uh, Bill, they're brilliant. with me here. They are really good models. They look brilliant they're on my shelf. They're great models. They look fantastic. They're yeah. really rubbish yeah. walkie-talkies. And it's just that. a very odd idea. Why yeah. would you want to make a Christopher Rexton <laughs> where you speak into his belly button, basically? Mm-hmm. just doesn't make well, any sense. Well, this was the first wave of character options. It was. They were just crazy. things but, out. But, 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 but. The wrong thing with those, are, by the way, is the Slitheen's the same height as the Christopher Eccleston, and it just looks wrong standing <laughs> next to him on the yeah. shelf. I have to enthuse because it, it was Toy of the Year, wasn't it? It was the Cyberman helmet. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely, you knew they were on the crest of a wave then. That was brilliant. No, I've I, I got to say that the best helmet that came out was the um, half Dalek, half human. Really? No. Dalek. Oh, yeah. no, no, Dalek. no. no put it on and you look like anything from the 1960s Hollywood <laughs> B-movies. It's just fantastic. And the tendrils, you can just twist them out and put them back. You can change his face. It's brilliant. You know, it's like Mr. <laughs> Potato here for Daleks. Have, you, got, have you got one? Yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I see it down the car boot all the time. I'm going to wear it at Fonicon 13. Oh, yeah. 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 I've After got, Christmas, um, character options are doing a Forbidden Planet exclusive, the Adric from Castrovalva helmet. <laughs> oh god stop um, <laughs> I, want Did, I think Colleen I want Hawkins can I just say Colleen Hawkins she put up a new character character option didn't, didn't she oh yeah, yeah. Oh, what the limited edition Adric figure yeah, yeah. Which a pile was, of dust well it's just one is there <laughs> it was a pile of dust Mark said it <laughs> pile of ash I tell you what came up on I don't know if it's eBay or somewhere this week I saw a link to it was when Russell T. Davis and Julie Gardner left the programme, the BBC paid for character options yeah, to it. make a Russell and Julie 12-inch <laughs> doll set, just two, just limited wow. to two. Two sets of these. They yeah. gave one to Julie and one to Russell T. Davis. And Russell T. Davis, because he had to come home because his boyfriend was ill and all this mm-hmm. stuff was going on, he had to have some work done on the house. And as a thank you, the guy who was doing the work on his house, he gave him this set, and this guy's put it up on eBay. Mm. So it's like a 12-inch Russell T. Davis and Julie Gardner done caricature <laughs> fashion, yeah. but to the same scale as the 12-inch Doctor Who dolls, in a character options box. Did you put in a bid, yeah? 
<laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> Too many zeros. Wow. <laughs> wow. I th- by the time this podcast goes out, I think there'll be like one day left on this auction. So I've seen a photo. They look a bit um, yeah. spitting imagery, don't they? Yeah, but I like it. It's great. I, I don't understand. Well, why would you? Why would you sell them? Oh, I would. Yeah, do you know? This guy's not a Doctor unique. Who fan. He's obviously no, not a fan, is he? So wow. Mm. Wow. But uh, even if I wasn't a Doctor Who fan, I think you know, two in the world, mm-hmm. and whatever he gets for it on eBay now, it'll be worth so much more. Mark, if you you're going to have to clean your seat in a minute, I think. So <laughs> I've, got, um, himself again. I've got a cyber leader helmet. Still in its box. Get with the brain. Yeah, with the brain. Yeah, we've got that one. Yeah. Is that rare? No. No? We're not talking about the rareness on a podcast. <laughs> no, but I've only ever seen... I'd never even seen it in the, the shop, and my daughter bought it for me. So. I don't think any of the character options, regular series, regular waves of toys, are remotely valuable. No. Have you put it on? Yeah. You're not taking it out and put it on? No, not that Cause one. Because I've really got one good. of the normal ones. Yeah, no, I've got one of the normal ones yeah. as well. I could be wrong. I just think they've the character options have made enough numbers of all these toys that there's yeah. enough on the market that none of them, some of them have appreciated a bit and then depreciated again. I was, just ones... ch- I was chuffed to bits when I got a face of Bo. Certain ones have. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool toy. Oh, what, the the little kind of thing? Yeah, with mouth. his moving yeah. mouth. Yeah. yeah. Great. That's good. I've got that, yeah. That's a lovely, that's lovely brilliant. Talent. And the spider, I got the spider and yeah, left yeah. it on the bloody windowsill and didn't realise the legs were going to melt in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> what are they made of? How can they melt? Well, I like, when I say it's melted, it's not melted. But what I mean is it's gone a bit it wonky. stood on its legs. Yeah. So I just left it on the windowsill standing on its legs. And when I got home, it was <laughs> sitting on the windowsill. <laughs> his legs were up in the air. Spider. Spider. Hey, you just reminded me. Necros. Empress of the Necros. Ragnos. Ragnos. Not Necros. Necros. Empress of the Ragnos. Back in the 70s, a year after I got that Dalek sent back to the catalogue, Auntie Vi bought me another present called Boris the Spider. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, Boris the Spider is a really nice-looking little spider model. It's quite a scary thing. You put some batteries in it, 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 it rolls towards you on this mat thing. And you have to fire at it with a gun uh, in the middle of the head. And as you do that, it screams and rolls back a few inches. <laughs> right? But it, and then it starts moving towards you again. And the, the idea is to get it off the mat. But the thing is, it doesn't turn off. It just keeps coming. So I was <laughs> petrified of this because I'd only just read Planet of the Spiders as a kid. And thought, you know, it, it put the fear of God into me. Although, and that got sent back to the catalogue too. <laughs> <laughs> the spider in Planet of the Spiders was named after that toy. Boris. Yeah, the, the, they had a pet name on set for the spider in Planet yeah. of the Spiders, and it was, it was Boris. Boris. Is that because of the Who? The Who song? Boris the Spider. Boris the Spider, yeah. yeah. Very famous. All right. Song. Okay, there you go. Must be that. Yeah. Oh, you know, you just reminded me of something else, but. Oh, no, the Cybermat, the modern Cybermats, they have, you know, yeah. these um, chips that they can put in toys now where they have, like, uh, the toy knows when it's bumped into something and will turn mm. around. <laughs> which they did with these little hamsters a few years ago, right? And you could put batteries in your little yeah. hamsters. Well, actually, the Cybermats were hamsters. <laughs> no, they, there is a Cybermat now, came out last Christmas, new series Cybermat, with one of these chips in, and you can just turn it on, set it loose on the floor, and it'll just keep running around the room. I want one of those. Sweet. And not yep. as terrifying as your spider either. I meant no. to bring that. To I remember my daughter watching the new Doctor Who's in the last few years. She's 12 now. And 
to convince her, you know, you know, the old Doctor Who's can be scary too. I, I showed an episode where a Cyberman attacked Sarah Jane Smith, and she thought it was one of the funniest things she'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And had no fear in the series after that. No, no, the new ones have got dentures in, real ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> scary, pretty scary. Um, I think we should call a wrap on this episode. Do you not think? Okay, yeah, uh, just one but, more thing to cover. Go on, what? Because you you came out with the kind of movable electronic uh, characters. I mean, the Daleks came out. Remote control oh, Daleks came back out again. And that was they a year, were the year again, wasn't it? Awesome. They are, yeah. And I've got about I've got a black and a gold at home, and I've got the um uh, the one from the Peter Cushion movies as well, and a canine, right? But two of them on the same frequency. So when you go to play with them, hmm. they they ballet together. Yeah, <laughs> did the same thing. Nice. So yeah. you've only got two frequencies. Well, the a bit of a bummer, Peter Cushion they're beautiful ones were made models. by different companies. Yeah, that was on a different frequency, and it's got lovely. Big purple, garish over the top remote control. It's fantastic. I've got a bronze one, but we had a pigeon living with us for a while. No, a dove actually. We had a dove living with us for a week. How'd uh, you do? A dove from above. There's <laughs> <laughs> a window into JR's for the week. Hey, Just flew in the window, stayed for a week. <laughs> no, it you've dreamed this again, haven't you? It's another one of your dreams. <laughs> it must be near no, the no, end no, of the podcast. The, the baby, this dove, this young dove, came down out of the tree was before it, it had learned was to fly properly. Have <laughs> 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 you not seen pictures all over my? Was Facebook? it raining? I thought I we had this dove living with us for about three or four days, and I had to teach it how to fly so it could take it back to its parents. Don't tell me you're on the windowsill flapping your arms around. No, I would take the... You do it like this, darling. <laughs> flap, 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 flap. I would take the dog in the fly. back garden for <laughs> flying <laughs> lessons. We won't talk about what JR did to his car windscreen, though. Not pleasant. Actually, I'm, I'm quite fascinated. How did you teach her to fly, then? On, well, if us. you'd not been going... I was singing Orville. Come on. <laughs> what? I don't know. Orville was one of the few people who got questions right on the recent series of Pointless. Really? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Far better than humans. Yeah. That's not bad for a puppet. That's very So you're telling me nobody gets questions right on Pointless? <laughs> well, <laughs> did someone say on Facebook the other day that Kerry Katona was on Pointless Celebrities? Oh, yeah. Uh, not yeah. what I'm saying. Absolute Can... poetry, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> anyway, I want to hear how the dove flew. Come on, quick. How did the dove fly? Well, I would just put it on my finger, lift my finger up, and then pull my finger away from underneath it. And it would start to use its wings as it went down. Oh. And if you do this across a series of a few days, each time it flaps its wings a bit more, learns to fly a bit more, until eventually on the last day, it, you know, there's a room in our house where the, which is like a back room, and we locked it in the back room so it wouldn't crap all over the rest of the house. And it would, you know, this was amazing. It would climb up on the desk onto the bronze Dalek and then it would fly across the room. And when it got to the far end of the room, it would spend the next five minutes walking back across the room, hopped up on the chair, <laughs> hopped up on the chair, hopped up on the desk, hopped up on the Dalek, and then launched itself back across the room. And it did this non-stop, backwards and forwards, for an entire afternoon. And the next day after that, I took it out in the morning, let it go, it flew up to the tree, and its mother... We had been waiting in that tree for four days, came down out of the tree, joined it on the branch, and off they went together. That's quite Aww. amazing. That's a happy ending. 
That's quite amazing. Who needs toys? Coming to a cinema near you. <laughs> yeah. J.R. Southall is yeah. the Dove Whisperer. <laughs> no, they've already made this, I think, in the 70s. Wasn't it? Was it J.R. Lifts a Finger and a Dove is there? <laughs> <laughs> Kez. Make it, yeah. It'd make a beautiful Hallmark movie, wouldn't it? it really? yeah. <laughs> well, he's only a picture of me with the Dove to uh, take a shit or what? shit yeah. house or whatever it's called. And What's he on about? <laughs> take a break. Oh, okay. That's what we call it in our house. Take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, they sent me a nice email back. Oh, nice picture, but we're not going to use it. Thanks very much. No, yeah. they said, what they did say was, nice picture of the dove. Shame about the creepy face. But, you know, what kind of, I just told of you the, the dove, story. You? And you all went, oh, oh what a great story. And yet, they're like, Oh, here's my ugly sister. This is a picture we got took when we were pissed last Friday night. Oh, yeah. Here's your 25 quid. Put the picture in the magazine. There's me with a dove on my finger teaching the thing to fly. I know we don't want that. Thanks very much. I can't believe you're bitter about Take a Break turning you down. I can't believe we're talking about this in a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> it's, there's a link somewhere. Yeah. I, I do not. It doesn't, doesn't matter how many times you publish, JR. You'll always want take, take a, break a break will be the yeah. peak i do i oh i do really so really want to point out to the re- listeners at this point that i do not buy take a break but sadly i quite often get to this to the shop to get it <laughs> and i don't get given any money so it comes out of my pocket so i do buy take a break just to make you know just see if you're in it or not oh, <laughs> i've never in it i've given up <laughs> right I was JR. I was Lee. I was Mark. I was Simon. I was Bill. And we'll speak again soon. You can contact us by email via blueboxpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. Harry Cat Only Joke was copyright 2012 by Amy Cochran.